1: Hey, this is your host Brian Wayne here, and uh, I'm here to let you know, in case you did not know already, uh, that the Cheers to Comics podcast has since evolved. And uh, if you're looking for a new shiny place to get your comic books from, then you need to head on over to Shop cheers to It's like cheers dot comicscom only with a shop in front of it. Uh, shop cheers dot comicscom and if you use code PODCAST at checkout, you're gonna save yourself 10%, and I'm constantly adding new inventory, hot spec books, uh, everything. Everything. Any, any type of book under the sun. Is it, uh, As it it comes under my radar and it gets added into the inventory, I I make it available to you. So remember, head on over to ShopCheersToComics.com and use code PODCAST at checkout and save yourself 10%. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host Brian Wayne, and this is episode three hundred and fifty nine. The three hundred and fifty ninth episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner, and the creator that I cornered on this episode is, uh, well, he's returning. He's, uh, he's, he's since moved on and done bigger, more massive. Mm -hmm. things since the last time we talked way back on, what was it, episode 139 or 125? Fuck, I didn't write it down. It was way back and then. That's where you're going to get the origin story of one Charlie Stickney, the now co-publisher of Scout Comics. Uh, Season 2 of White Ash, the most underappreciated book in all of comics, uh, is coming out here real soon. Um, As a matter of fact, it was just on the FOCs. So I hope you ordered a whole bunch of those. But um yeah, no, I have an amazing conversation with Charlie. It's always enlightening. I hope you uh you take notes for this one. The man has much to say. Always. Uh there's a reason why he's uh in just less than a year and a half's time has risen to the rosen? risen to the ranks that he has. So uh, yeah, um <laughs> Charlie stickney. But before we get into that I gotta shout out my uh my newest affiliate 307nerdsforever.com. Um, yes, uh, it is another amazing comic book store that I am particularly fond of. Um, I, you know, if, if you're looking for great books to get at amazing prices, stuff that eBay has for, you know, those fair market value. Maybe you don't want to pay fair market value. Maybe you still want to pick cover price. Shit, maybe you want to pick cover price with some sort of discount. Well, I'll tell you where you could. Check it out, man. Under the radar, three oh seven nerdsforever dot com. Three oh seven nerds, the number four forever dot com. And uh use code cheers at checkout and save yourself ten percent. Uh yeah, it's like that, people. And as a shop owner myself now, I have no problem saying head on over and check out Tarle and Company over at three oh seven nerdsforever dot com and uh <sighs> new inventory being added constantly and it's it's just a this is what the standard for a comic book customer service should be um i uh I hold them <laughs> very highly. I put him on a pedestal. That's for sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advertise another shop as another shop owner. Now mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep saying that. Um, and, and unless I, I really felt confident, so three o seven nerdsforevercom dot com. Use code Cheers at checkout and save yourself ten percent. All right. Now, with uh, no further ado, I bring to you uh, the, the return of one Charlie Stickney. All right, Charlie, welcome back, man. How are you?
0: I, I, I am doing great. Uh, I mean, it's been a little while since I've been on your show, but I've been loving watching it blow up and <laughs> everybody realizing, you know, that cheers to podcast is, you know, like is that's the place, you know, that we all want to be.
1: Uh man. No, I, I I really appreciate hearing that. Cause I mean, it's, we it's been, it feels like it's been forever since we've talked, but so much has happened since uh, the, the last time we talked, I believe, the first issue of White Ash had either just come out or was in previews getting ready to come out. And since then, I mean, we've had the entire first six issue art come out. We've had another uh, Kickstarter. We've had the Glarian one shot. Um, and you have uh, catapulted yourself uh, in the, uh, the world of comics uh, to, to other levels beyond just creator as well. So, I mean, you have been an incredibly busy person. So well, it's, well, uh, it's been fun to watch you as well, man. Well, we've also had COVID, which is Yeah, there, there there was all really that interesting. Um <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: and still is. Um yeah. but yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a crazy year and a half, close to two years since I think we've we've done this. And uh, you know, I I love that wall of comics behind you. It's nice to see there's still a white ash there. Oh uh, yeah, man. Signed and uh
1: it. oh yeah. Uh I, I love it. I love it. You were you were so generous after the last time we talked. Um it was uh, I, 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 you also sent me another book, too, and I, I definitely, uh, something that, I, 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 you know, we can start talking about it now, The Game. That's another one mm-hmm. you have coming out yeah. here soon. Let's talk about yeah. that a little bit.
0: So, so that's, that's probably going to come out towards the end of this year. Awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, like, way back in, you know, the before times, when I was putting, uh, you know, before times, before I was even with, with, with Scout, before, uh, before COVID hit, you know, I, was, I, I came up through Kickstarter. You know, and then, then I came to Scout and now I'm helping run Scout. So it's, it's been, like I said, a crazy 18 months, but I was looking to do a second series with, uh, with Connor um, because in my mind it was, hey, you know, we're on Kickstarter. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll bring some of the audience by having like some of the same team together to do next book. But I didn't quite think it out because artists only have so much time mm-hmm. to do things <laughs> So, you know, like, so we, you know, it's kind of pushed this book down the road a little bit, but we're, we're getting ready to come out now. And the book you're talking about, it's called The Game. Um, and, and the quick pitch I, you know, I first started with was imagine um, if, if uh, Sam from Quantum Leap jumped into the body of the Highlander, okay. um, but, but had no idea who he was or how he had gotten there. Um, right. Like that was, that was kind of the quick pitch. And then I started telling people that and they're like, that's great. What's Quantum Leap? I was like, oh, okay, that, that's, that. you know, so I explained to them, they're like, that's great. What's the Highlander? I'm like, oh my God, my uh. references are too old now. Um, but for, you know, <laughs> for, for your younger viewers, um, I think I was starting to use the reference, um, like something with, with Dollhouse and someone, you know, ending up in there. But, but the real quick liner is, it's, it's basically about a guy who's, who's turning 30, his life is falling apart, he's not really sure what he's doing. And all of a sudden, these immortal beings start thinking he's player number three in this game that's been going on for a thousand years. And he doesn't know how he's gotten there. He doesn't know why they think he's player number three and he has to take it forward, going from there and try to stay alive with this big Epic game that's being played around him. That's set in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh man. All right. That sounds amazing, man. So, so for people who like um, the grounded fantasy I've done with white ash where, you know, like for those people who are tuning in because of White Ash, White Ash is, you know, it's, it's uh, imagine the guys from Supernatural got stuck in Riverdale, but instead of battling demons from hell, they had to deal with the worst of Mordor, right? Or um, True Blood meets Riverdale. It's, it's, it's grounded fantasy. Fantasy set in a coal mining town in Pennsylvania. So I'm doing the same kind of thing with my take on sci-fi. It's big, gigantic, epic storytelling sci-fi grounded Set in modern day Boston, where you know we start small and things just start unraveling from there, and you know the fantasy, the sci-fi elements slowly start rolling in.
1: I love it. I I, I like how you you ground your stories in in real time, like this. uh I mean, uh, White Ash being you know kind of outside of uh Pittsburgh, you know they're in Pennsylvania. So, um I mean, what we we talked a little bit, you know, I guess in your origin episode, um, uh, the first time uh, about you know your uh, I guess um, your 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 ties to uh, Pittsburgh and and that 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 general area. Um, I guess I got to ask with this one: Why Boston? Why did you choose
0: Boston? Well, like I so so Pittsburgh, um, you know, as a quick recap, you know that that's where I had family, mm-hmm. um, best friend from college. I also grew up in New England, okay. so so Boston is also my old stomping grounds. Uh, I, right I, I was on. born in born in in New Hampshire, raised in Maine. But, you know, it's also small there, you know, like driving from Maine to Boston took an hour if you were driving fast. Right. Okay. <laughs> like it's it's. Yeah. So, so I I'd spent a lot of time there. Um, but like, I think, you know, as a fan of big epic sci fi and big epic fantasy, you know, like I grew up on Lord of the Rings. I grew up on Terry Brooks. Uh, I grew up on Piers Anthony, who you know, was maybe a little bit more problematic looking back. Um, but, you know, like, I love those big fantastical universes. I, I loved Isaac Asimov. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Fanda- Foundation series that's on right now because it's just this beautiful, sprawling, epic storytelling. But if you don't love those things, sometimes it's hard to have your endpoint point because mm. it just seems like it's too much. Um, and, you know, for me, if I'm doing my take on those worlds, I want to do it in a way that's relatable know for everyone but also you know terry brooks already did Shannara. um tolkien has done lord of the rings Mm -hmm. c.s lewis has done narnia it's hard to compare and create a yet another fantasy world that's going to measure up to those things um you know like because all fantasy or brandon sanderson like you're you're being compared to these giants anytime and even if you know everything goes right and you have the talent and you reach that level, there's still going to be that comparison. Yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily think, you know, for me personally, I want to go there. I want to create my worlds in our world. Um, you know, because then you can get the best of both things. You can do a modern day story, but you can also have that rich lore, um, yes. this, this epic fantasy world. So I, I try to do, um you know to both things like uh so like here's a little spoiler um in this next arc of white ash there's going to be a little bit that's uh set during the korean war Okay. Um, you know just a couple of pages here but we can flash to that and we can bring that in uh there's a there's a whole bunch that's set in the 1950s um because you know like White Ash having this big timeline, it gives me the flexibility to go different places um, and, and, and sort of touch on some different types of storytelling and try different things. Um, and, and so for me, that's what's really interesting is that you know I can still make these things relatable, but it can still be it can still be high fantasy, but it also can be you know a story about you know PTSD or yeah. a, you know like w- w- whatever it is, like you know like you can take modern day issues. Um, and you can examine them and you can still have sci-fi and you can still have fantasy. So, you know, and I think that's where you can get a lot, you know, you have a broader audience that you can speak to. Um, and I, w- I was talking with, that with, um, you know, someone earlier and they were saying to me, you know, I don't really like fantasy. I'm not a big fan of dwarves and elves. That's just not my thing, but I like white ash. Um, you know, that's me.
1: Yeah, that's- I- I'm that person, you know, like, uh, I, 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 I respect and admire that whole fantasy world, but most of the time, I, I mean, I've yet to sit through uh, an entire sitting of a Lord of the Rings movie. Like I've seen it all, but it's takes some chapters. <laughs> I mean, but with this, I mean, I just, and I, I mean, I flew through this, this first arc again, you know, cause has been a while. So I wanted to make sure it was all I, right before we talked, I, I went through this and I, I, I flew through this. I mean, this is not, lord of the ringsy in any type of way and that that's that's what i love about this i mean i am definitely the audience that you're speaking of where it may seem on the surface that it may not be for you but i mean i tell people all the time if it seems that way i mean it's this is the book for you because it's <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh, yeah
0: and, and i think i think like i i'm I'm trying to like our cover for our, our new issue um you know we got a couple of different like there's a jay lee variant cover which i don't know if you've seen mm, but no i like, haven't really yet that yeah, sounds J- amazing. Yeah, there's a Jay Lee variant cover with Lillian out hunting and holding like some heads, severed heads. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's pretty tight. Uh, and, and then we also have Connor's cover where we're pulling in like the fantasy, the romance, and also the horror elements all together. But hopefully it also still feels modern, you know, yeah. and, I, and I want this to be, you know, relatable to, to everyone. Um, and so even if you don't like, like there are superhero books for people who don't like superheroes, right? right? You know, like that can, can deconstruct it at the end of the day. You love it, but it's still a superhero book. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the same thing, there's zombie books that do that. Um, so this hopefully for a lot of people is the fantasy book you can like, even if you're not a big fantasy fan, yeah. but if you are a big fantasy fan, you can also like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I think like a show like the magicians, I don't know if you've ever seen the Magicians. I have not. Um, so The Magicians is is almost like adult Harry Potter. Um, okay. like it's set in a college, university about a guy who's finding out he's a magician, but it's darker and it's set in our world. It's not like at Hogwarts, it's like it's here and you know like, the, like there are witches, but the witches is more like street magic and okay. like it's and it, it again, it's it's set in our world, but it feels um You know, it's it's again, it's more fantasy that I think is relatable for lots of people, and then then it starts going into bigger places as the series goes on. Um, But I I like I love that kind of thing, Uh, and I and I think it's more accessible for everyone. Um, Again, that's not to discount Lord of the Rings, which I grew up on and I love. But you know, that's for me. I just want to write stories that I think can you know touch different places than. Just high fantasy does. And that's, again, not to discount high fantasy, because I could never, obviously, write Lord of the Rings. Um, but, you know, I can write White Ash.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say, man, um, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm loving what you've done here. Because the, the way the, the, the first arc starts out, you're not exactly sure what you're getting into. But you know something is, is going on. I mean, with, with um, uh, uh, Seth. That, mm-hmm. that, that first uh the, that first villain type of character the way he sets it up and you know you see that bloody duffel bag in the back you know it, it's kind of a minute before that's revisited again but it, it, the, the way it all ties in it's so perfect and it, it, all you start to realize all in this this one moment towards the middle of the second issue what what you're really getting into here and um for i mean it's 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 gripping it is you you don't want to stop after you get to that point you know it's uh <laughs> this, this is one that i i do say it's, it's it's amazing it's an amazing trade read you know um, um you. Uh, yeah. the, the the waiting for issues to come out i mean that's that's just it's standard hard. but yeah. it, it is it is hard it's yeah. hard when yeah. <laughs> these these uh, cliffhangers at the end of these issues are as good as they are and
0: well and that's yeah. also
1: like like um
0: you know i've tried to do some bigger issues like yes. the first issue, the new one that's coming out through Scout for the new arc, it's a forty-four page first issue. Uh huh. Um, you know, which is for only four ninety nine. So it's both bang for the buck, gives people a lot of story. It's the perfect starting point for new readers, as mm. well as it is for you know people coming back to the book. Um, so it's it's designed to be both things. Uh, but yeah, it's forty-four pages, and every issue that's going to be coming out is going to be at least I think at this point twenty-eight. Pages nice. per issue That's awesome. Uh, so I think it's 28, 28, and then probably like another 40 something page issue after that, at least. So yeah, we're, we're hitting big issues.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that the first trade in itself, um, as far as story goes, was like 170 some pages. I yeah. mean, it's it's yeah. you really get a lot in these story arcs, and it's none of it is unnecessary. That's what I love about this. You're not just putting things in for page count. You know, right. I mean, and I don't know why anybody would do that because they're expensive to print. I don't expensive
0: to print expensive. You know, if, if you're paying an artist a good wage, yeah. um, you know, but but like for me, I want to write to where the story needs to go. You know? Right. Um, you know, like that's why I'm giving myself the luxury of coming out with a 44 page first issue. You know, it's a little bit more expensive. You know, we're not going to make as much profit on it because we're keeping it at four ninety nine as opposed to going up. You know, if if Marvel or DC put out a forty four page issue, you know it's not going to be four ninety nine mm-hmm. to, to get that book, right? Yep. I mean, um, so you know, we're doing everything we can to to hook people and to bring people to the new series. And I think they're really, if they come and visit White Ash, they're going to want to spend some time in the universe.
1: No, I, I'd agree too, and I, I like the way you're expanding the universe too because I, I remember, um. No, see, I, I read the first three issues as they came out um, off the shelf, and then it got to the point where I just realized the agony of waiting for those cliffhangers. So I continued to, you know, obviously buy all six issues, but then I waited for the trade to come out and I read it all in one big right. chunk. Um, I, I Glarian, man, um, I, I knew that Glarian was coming. Um, I saw, you know, a lot of the social media saying issue four, this is, this is the one to pick up and then you came out with the one shot and before i even read the one shot i i started thinking i was like this is this is going to be scout's big character and then i read the fourth issue of glare and i was like well i don't know how far she's gonna go (laughs) you know no spoilers but i love that you you did this this backstory issue on her she's immediately interesting i mean even in the, the pages of that fourth issue you know it's it's almost a shame that she's at least at this point, I don't know. There's magic in this world. Who knows? But it seems as though, you know, she's not going to be going forward in the, uh, the, the main storyline. Um, but, man, this, uh, I,
0: I, I had to go with the, uh,
1: yeah. the, the amazing is,
0: It's a great <laughs> cover by Connor. So, it's such so, a good cover. So we have, um, so we're also coming out with a five-issue Glarian series. Um, awesome. Hell yes. G- goes back and forth between 3,000 years ago. And a young woman in 1970 New York okay. um, who is having visions of being Glaring. Um, oh, sure. And then the series, you know, who's, who's this, this depressed young woman named Rachel who's just had this traumatic experience and survived a fire. And now she is having like these blackouts where she sees herself as Glaring 3,000 years ago in Elfheim. Um, and, you know, through that, we're gonna be telling another piece of the White Ash story. And then, of okay. course, over the course of that mini series, you'll see how these two women are connected. Um, I will say this again, you know, like Glarian is a very important character to the history of White Ash. Yes. Um, to where, you know, how things are happening now, you know, and events that happened 3,000 years ago, and they all are connected. Um, there, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to give anything away, but I will just say still a very important character. And, you know, with with some, there will be more to be said about Glarian beyond the three, the five issue miniseries. So I love it.
1: Uh, And that's that's really the sense I got right off the bat. Because I thought it it would be such a waste to just create this amazing character and then just kind of say, yeah, no, this is that was her. But um no, I mean she, I, I do really do feel like out of all of the characters that you could explore in the White Ash mythos, this is really the one that I'm um, I'm very excited. And with that too, I mean we also get to see Thane and you know I mean where where he came up from and their their yep. whole meeting and so it, it, it's so much more than just Glarian too. I mean it's it's man, I, well, I I really did love this one shot. It was it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, well, thank you. Like, and I think um like for me again as a writer, you know, there's different people who, you know, they, they focus on the real world building or they focus on the characters. I, I, I do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to make a big epic world and then I spend a lot of time thinking about the characters because, you know, if you don't have the characters that, that tie everything together, you know, th- there's no point to it. So the, the history of the White Ash universe hinges on relationships, bad choices, um, you know, insecurities, Like, you know, we, we all, like all the things that have happened are mostly about that people being insecure in, you know, their relationships and making the wrong choices. And here we are 3000 years later, like some of that will play out. Um, But, you know, it's, it's a series of love stories that either work out or don't work out. Um, And, you know, like that is all tied into the history. Yeah. Um, and so what's going on right now in the current story is really based, I mean, a lot of it is based on Thane and Galarian in mm-hmm. the past. So like that's, you know, like that, that's your big, you know, spoiler, like people can kind of sense that, but a lot of what's happening is because of their story. So we'll definitely be revisiting it and the ramifications that it had on everything else.
1: Yeah, um, it's and you definitely get a sense for that, you know, as as the the first arc goes on, and that's uh, that's why I immediately realized that you know Glarian, she's she's so much more than just Lillian's mother, you know, I mean she's so much more than that, you know, it's so I don't know, man, uh, I I I got the. Uh, the the after reading the first issue i I got a sense of you know it's kind of like a lord of the rings meets um i don't know like the capulets and the Montagues in a way it's it's romeo and juliet but only take those two and make it really badass and violent and throw some horror sense in there and uh, i don't know it's just uh, it's got everything man it it really does i
0: I think like look you know some people like if i say romeo and juliet meets lord of the rings they they say ah i don't like romance I'm like, you may not like romance, but if you tell me any movie or TV show that you do like, I will tell you what the romance in it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a boy-girl romance. It can be a platonic romance about, you know, a bromance. Mm -hmm. You know, there is always a romantic or a relationship that is at the core of everything that you love, right? And so like, and, and the story is always about, how that relationship is not working out and eventually, you know, you're coming around to it working out or if it's a serialized thing, it's what are these series of obstacles that are stopping that relationship from working out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you like, and, and so, you know, so like it, Romeo and Juliet, I think is, is the shorthand for like that forbidden romance right. um, where the obstacles are the parents, but this is also about class. It's also about race. Um, So, even if you don't feel like you like romance, you know, there's plenty of action and horror. This is not, you're not going to, you know, like this is not your um, 1950s romance book, (laughs) Um, you know, will they or won't they, you know, but, you know, it's a piece of it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I could say that I wouldn't have continued reading it if that were the case, because that is not my genre at all. Right. You know, I, I am not a romance reader at all. I mean, there's a lot of Spider-Man I don't read just because there's too much Mary Jane involved. Like, that's how not romantic I am in my comics. But this right here, like I said, it's uh, as big as a piece of, of, of the pie to the, this comic is, the, 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 the romance. Um, it's, it doesn't feel like it's the forefront of it all. You know, it, it really doesn't. It, it feels more like it's uh, about the the distancing between classes and um, I, the. I don't know. There's there's so much more. The, the the hatred between elves and dwarves in this that really feels like that's the main um, well, plot it's, to it's this.
0: The I would say in its core, it's 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 about identity. Yes. it's about you know you you know i think it's it's that journey that we all hit when we hit somewhere between 18 and 25 where we've left home we've either at college or we've moved out and we're trying to define ourselves you know without our parents right and it's the first time in our life when we get that choice and the first instinct is my parents have nothing to do with who i am Right, it's it's just it's just me. They, they couldn't have had anything to do with me. And then, as you get a little bit older, you say, "Well, maybe I got this one thing from my parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got a little bit more." And then, when you get a little older, or as me, more than a little older, <laughs> you start thinking, "You know what? They had a lot to do with who I am." And, you know, and you either develop in opposition to who your parents were, or you're influenced by them and you follow in their footsteps. And I think when we're 20 to 25, somewhere in that range, that's the place where we actively start making those decisions about, are we going to follow in the footsteps? Are we going to embrace, you know, that legacy or are we going to become someone else? And that does inform everything from your romantic decisions to your decisions about career, to where you live. And and, and so all of those things um, are, are tied up in this. And then, you know, White Ash also in some ways is an immigrant story because, you know, like, their parents are really from another world, another time. That's right. And they're just trying you know? to get back. Right. And, and, and these people are, they're the second generation. They're the Americans who were born into this melting pot. And this is their culture. This is their identity. But their parents are still from that old world. And so, again, it's like, what parts of that culture do I take on? Do I embrace? Or do I define myself in opposition to that? And so, like, the first arc of White Ash is really, you know, it's about Alec trying to decide, do I embrace some of that? You know, because, like, the, it opens with him saying, Dad, goodbye, I'm leaving town.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, he I wants wanna, to get the
0: hell out of there. Right. I don't want to be a coal miner like you. You know, I don't want to do anything. This sounds horrible. But he's about to learn. It's not that just that his dad's a coal miner. There's more to White Ash. So the legacy he's choosing not to take part in is much bigger. Right. Right. You know, and and I think that's, that's the thing for a lot of kids of immigrants. You don't see at first how much of your parents' culture and history, you know, is, um, you know, influences you. And so it's, so saying no to that is a bigger deal than you think at 20. And so like the whole first arc is about him deciding whether to embrace that, whether to be a part of that, or what's his place in that, Um, or whether he just casts it all off and leaves. Like, Like, that's like. That's what that first arc is about. Plus there's romance. Plus there's horror. Plus there's evil dragon people. Plus, you know, like there's, there's fathers who do not want you dating their daughters, which I think some of us can relate to. Like you know? it's, 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 it's all there. Um, but ultimately, like there's that immigrant's tale. There's that coming of age story. And, um, you know, coal mining. Yes. For those people who definitely wanted to have a tale about coal mining. Because there's just yeah.
1: not enough of that out there, man. There, there and there's not. so many people out there that bust their ass and nearly kill themselves every day. And there's no it's comics true, though, about like, it out there.
0: Like oh, it, I, I, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy.
1: Uh, uh, um, it's, it's really uh, it's funny, too, because one of my, my sponsors, I know he's going to get a uh, get tickled listening to this. Um, when he's not running a shop, he's a coal miner. You know, so, I mean, it's, I don't know, this is a, it's relatable, because now I actually know people that are in the industry and all of that. So it's, um, no, this this is a book for so many different audiences out there. And,
0: it's, and, and I do think that sometimes, you know, writers are too quick to, you know, to go with the tropes, you know, the people who are lawyers or doctors or politicians or businessmen or like, it's, and you don't embrace enough of the jobs that actually build the economy and you know and, and look at the class divide yep. between where those people live and how those people live. Um, you know and, and so that's you know something else that I'm trying to be cognizant of that you know like that there really is, especially now in our in our country, a big separation mm-hmm. in terms of, of of class, in terms of wealth, and that seems to only be growing. Um, and yeah, you want this to be escapist. But you don't want to, like, for me, again, I want to ground the fantasy in in the real world. And this is the world we're living in right now. So,
1: Yeah, no, and I, I, I really do enjoy how you're doing it as well. Like I said, it's not force fed in any type of way. You know, there's never a point in time where I'm sitting here going, well, geez, I don't want to be reminded of this. You know, it, it, it's not like that, you know, it's, it's, it's eye-opening, you know, but at the same time, it's very enjoyable. Like, even the the not-so-awesome things that we don't necessarily want to be reminded of, um, it, it's, like I said, you, you're still getting something out of the story that it's telling within that, you know, sure. there's, there's, there's so much to it. Um and I there, there's there's just a lot of you know, a lot of detail in the growth of this first arc too that it's just so subtle that I'm uh, like um for instance uh, Alec when he when he says well I'm a dwarf do I have superpowers he's like ah eh, not really other than the fact you can grow a beard almost immediately from the issues on you start to see him to grow, growing a beard and then I open up the, the the first issue and I'm not saying he's like full on Gimli by any means but you know he's he's very much got a beard and like the the, the subtle. Uh, um, signs of growth throughout this it it says a lot about i mean it's i don't know it plays testament to how the the characters are growing throughout the
0: story in a lot of ways
1: well and Um, and
0: i'll throw some of the credit to connor hughes yeah who i love working with and if you look at the new issue versus like the very first one he did you can see the evolution of his art i mean he was good and he is just going to the next level with this new arc uh i mean his storytelling has always been on point but I mean, his, his action sequences are better. His characters are, are more attractive, you know, like, like he's a man who knows how to draw good looking guys and good looking girls. You yeah. know, if you want, you know, if you enjoy looking at those things, you know, they're there in the book as well. Um, you know, he's, you know, he just nails every story beat, you know, the emotional ones or the action ones. And he loves drawing landscapes, but so he's, he's creating this, this beautiful environment, that feels real and understood mm-hmm. you know like like it's everything he does is very considered um yeah. you know like is he is not just cranking it out he's thinking about this panel he's thinking about that panel what's the relationship you know and he's one of those artists who will go through two iterations three iterations of layouts for a single page wow and like i look at the first one I'm like that looks good he's like nah let's do another one. I'll start from scratch and like just try everything from a different angle, trying to find the ones that he thinks are the best pieces coming together to have the most emotional impact. So, so he, like I said, he's very considered, he's very thoughtful and he cares deeply about the world he's building uh, with me. So like, I, th- I think like when you see things like that, he thinks about the, the physicality of the characters of, of um, you know, how you can slowly reveal those things. They um, just the whole, uh size relationships of the characters Um uh, mm-hmm. you know which is it's its own reveal when you start oh like oh that's why they look like and oh yep. okay. yeah yeah
1: so. it, it was funny too because on the uh on the reread of the the second issue like i said i'd only kind of read the, the the first um i want to say it was three issues before mm-hmm. i'd taken a break and going back and revisiting that first issue right off the bat the first short joke i'm like ah Ah, I get it. I mean, so it's cool to go through and, you know, after you kind of get a sense of this world, go back and revisit it, you appreciate it that much more. And I don't know, the rereadability of this is amazing. Um, there's just, you, you get more out of it each time and that's because there's just so much depth to all of this. Well, and it's, it,
0: it's, it's also nice because uh, it's now out in bookstores everywhere, you know, as part of our yeah. uh, Simon & Schuster bookstore deal. It's at uh, Barnes and Noble. You can get it at Target. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at most comic book shops. You know, the ones with taste. You can mm-hmm. get it oh, at. Yep, uh, that's right. You can, um, you know, get it from the Scout website. So you know, like the the trade is everywhere. You can get it digitally uh, for people who are looking to catch up. Um, so like I, I'm very happy with how well the trade is selling, um, which has been really nice because we're sort of reaching a new readership group. Because I think people who read trades. And people who read single issues are often different people.
1: They quite often, actually. Um, It was, it was surprising for me to find that out, you know, in the few years that I've been really in this industry. Um, It's, it's, it's like a whole different, I mean, it it is, it's an entirely different readership. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think there's people out there that have been getting comics that don't go into comic book stores. And that's what Kickstarter has proven. Yeah. That's what yeah things like- It's a different, it,
0: different group. Like there's yep. a Kickstarter, there's the bookstore people, and there are the comics book people. And the comic yep. book people skew towards single issues, mm-hmm. right? And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just know like, it's been really interesting because I've been running some of the bookstore initiative for Scout, um, seeing which titles- are taking hold in the bookstore market. Yeah. Um, and it's not always the ones that did really well with the single issues. You know, so, some of our biggest single issue sellers are not doing as well as some of the ones that didn't hit those same numbers. Wow. Um, but, you know, like, but some of the ones that um, you know, did well are doing huge numbers at the bookstore. So. That's awesome. That's and great to hear, man. And White Ash is doing really well there. So obviously, I'm very happy about that. I
1: love it. I love it. And you had a, um, a Kickstarter campaign for the second volume as
0: well. Uh, we, we have not yet. Um, not yet. So, okay. I was, about so, to say, we,
1: I, I was wondering, cause I was like, I don't have it. So I don't think that <laughs> it's happened yet. I would hate to say I missed it.
0: But. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something I have to consider now because I'm also with scout trying to find the best release pattern. Right. That makes both groups happy. Right. Because I, you know, originally white ash was on Kickstarter then we moved to Scout and the issues expanded. So like the same, the content that was on Kickstarter is not the exact same one that came out hmm. through Scout. There's actually more pages through Scout um, than were originally on Kickstarter. So it's a slightly bigger story. Um, gotcha. with new spreads with some you know new scenes that were added in. Um, and so then, but going forward, I didn't want to, you know because as you know, you can do three or four Kickstarters a year, right? Mm. I didn't want to take the time to like slowly kickstart new issues through, you know, of White Ash, because then it would be two years before we came back to the direct market with more, more White Ash. So we're kind of going the other way. Um, We're going to do the single issues first. uh, Then down the line, there maybe will be a hardcover trade and then maybe a paperback trade through Scout. So, you know, like, so the people at, you know, a Kickstarter can still get you know like that the high end mastered version of the mm-hmm. trade and the people through you know who get things through scout can still get their single issues fast they will ultimately be able to get a scout trade as well but like i said i'm trying to respect both markets because they are different um and they both have been very supportive and i love you know the people there um scout uh, white ash was scout's free comic book day title um yes. which was a really nice you know, it was it was great for me to be doing that signing because I haven't done too many signings uh, for White Ash since it came out through Scout, mainly because like like you were talking about the gap after issue three. Part of that may have been because that's when comics stopped, mm-hmm. right? So like yep. one, two, and three came out, and then it was three or four months before number four came out through Diamond, yes. right? Like so so um and with the pandemic, I haven't done a lot of signings. So it was, it was amazing to kind of do that and for the first time get people coming to a signing who are excited to see me. Yes. Um, like, you know, like, like I've done a little bit of that at conventions with Kickstarter in the past, but for someone to come up with a whole box filled with, you know, all the White Ash books plus the Glarian One-Shot and asking, you know, would I mind signing one of them? And I was mm-hmm. like, I am happy to sign all of them. You know, like obviously come here, you know, it's like... I mean, if it, like the fact that he brought those to me, you know, if, if he had brought me twenty, I would have been happy to sign all of those. Awesome, it just was, man. it was, and, and it was, it was nice to be able to connect to people who had found it that way because I had never been able to do that before, um, you know. And I'm looking to be able, you know, looking forward to being able to do that with this next arc because I can go to comic book shops a little mm-hmm. bit more now, you know. Knock on wood, as long as yeah, the yeah. World doesn't mm-hmm. fall, fall apart again. Um, you know, like going forward, like I, I'm really looking forward to getting this next arc out there, finding, you know, the fans who read the first one, but also a whole new group of people because Scout was also a lot smaller 18 months ago. You know, the company has kind of exploded in it the last really year. It really has. Um, so, you know, like that is also going to help, you know, between like the sub boxes. I know you've gotten some of the Scout sub boxes. In oh, yeah. Past, right. You know, and and like I think like, that's a whole group of people like now all those people will be getting white ash. So like, they'll be seeing that and they'll see what's out there and, you know, like, which hooks people on the series. And, and you know, yeah. You
1: no, know, those, those sub boxes are amazing for, for getting people introduced to titles. I mean, I, I know I, the, uh, and not to mention, you know, there are times or two where I might forget to, there, well, scout wasn't always on the FOCs. So I, I would often forget to add things because my brain is very one-track minded, and uh, yeah. So I mean, the, the the scout boxes have saved my ass. I don't know how many times where I forgot to put on a title and get it in the the box. But I mean, I don't know. I, I've been one of the the lucky ones. I think I've I've come out and won a couple of your top prizes a couple of times now between the the slab and that 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 metal um, Children of the Grave cover. It's just I don't know, man. Was, I I love what Scout is doing. It's something that I've been praising on podcasts. I don't know. I want to say for the last 18 months now, since I've been doing this, it's just what you guys did during COVID. And I say you guys, because you, you are a major part of scout. now, man. Uh, Like ever since your name has been um, I guess uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Promoted. (laughs) You know, you, you've, you've climbed the, the, the moves that scout has made. It's just people are, Trying to keep up with Scout now, they're not trying to keep up with Image or even DC and Marvel as far as their 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 marketing tactics. I mean, you you've created this new standards. I mean, Mar- Marvel's not putting out a subscription box. I mean,
0: there's I, I don't know. It's well, I I think I think you know. Thank you. I, I thank you. You know, it's like I think when you're trying to stand out, it's the same thing I always used to tell people on Kickstarter, right? That um, you know, there's a lot of other books on Kickstarter. So make sure that when, you know, when someone backs you and you deliver that they remember the package they got from you, you know, Mm -hmm. like make sure it's the best package that you can get, print on the best paper that you can print on, you know, like almost like that old Steve Jobs, like, um, you know, when he was branding Apple, he wanted to brand it as something, you know, special. It's an experience when someone opened the box. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, like I always told people that on Kickstarter and I think Scout, you know, our market share has really increased. And we're probably any depending on the given month. You know, we might even be like the ninth biggest publisher or, or the eleventh biggest publisher in terms of titles on the shelf, um, which is great. But you know, we're still small enough that we can try new things. And you know, we realize, especially with everything that's been happening, that you know, the industry is going through a lot of changes right now. Um, and, you know, through distribution, through COVID, the way, you know, even the customer base is changing in comic shops. Um, and I'd like, you know, I, I really think, you know, it's, it's difficult for shops that have been around for more than 15 years because they've always done things a certain way or they've done things that way for 20, 25 years. And they've had a big customer base, but the customers who buy know who are the Wednesday Warriors who come in who just buy Marvel and DC. I don't feel like that's a renewing group at the same rate that there is a new, you know, like if you want to expand your customer base, it's about the indies. It's about the non-Marvel or DC titles. Doesn't even have to be scout. It can be image, it can be, it can be boom, it can be dynamite, AWA, whoever you want it to be. It's like, that's where your room for expansion is because we are in the golden age of superhero media. Um, Absolutely. So if I want to watch, you know, the MCU, like it's, it's great for what it is, but it does not great for necessarily bringing in new people to comics, for, to, to superhero comics, right. you know, because like it's hard after you see, you know, Endgame and then picking up an Iron Man that doesn't have Robert Downey Jr. in it. hmm to want to put that on your pull list. Um no. that said it might get into the comic shop where you then pick up saga or you pick up something is killing the children. So or white ash. Uh so I I I think like that's the room for growth. And it's the shops, the ones that I see that are thriving, that are doing really well right now, understand that. You know, like that's yeah. where the new readers are coming in. That's where the younger money is coming in which Mm -hmm. is over time you know like they're 15 to 25 now when they get to be 35 they'll have more money to spend like and those are the customers to cultivate so that the shops that i see here in los angeles that are thriving that are having two or three shops are the ones that have the huge indie sections whereas like the ones that you know i come in and like we're doing everything we can to help them as scout but they don't have a new scout book on the shelf they haven't had one for like a year and they only do it for customers on pull. Those are the ones that are having trouble. And I'm not saying it's because they don't have scout books. I'm saying it's because they aren't embracing the non big two people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're really just uh, taking one tiny corner of the comic book market and just, I mean, bleeding that. And then, you know, but that's, that's the corner that's constantly complaining about repetitiveness and their stories and, that's the. I mean, I hate to use it. That's the most toxic part of you know the the the, the fandom and comics are just those big two people. You start getting to talk to people that are you know all about indies and reading White Ash and um, e- even Spawn and all of that stuff. I mean, just yeah. stuff outside of the big two, and there there it's a different conversation you're going to have. It's going to be a much more enjoyable conversation. It's just, so it's, I don't know, people. I, 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 shops really are shooting themselves in the foot by not carrying scout books and uh, just under the radar indies you know it does it, even then it doesn't even have to just because it's, cause it's bo- i mean boom is blown the hell up i mean yeah, I, they're, they're another sure. one right now where anything they put out all the speculators are all over it ever since yeah. something is killing the children people are all over it. even scout has had those those major flashes like the recount right now
0: right right exactly uh, it's insane and, and it, 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 it eats what feeds it uh, yes. even great early on, like th- those books mm-hmm. were all super hot with speculators. I have a feeling, uh, swamp dogs, which is coming out soon. I just
1: had JM on the podcast, man. That guy's a lot of fun. Swamp dogs yeah. seems a lot of cool, or a lot yeah, of cool, like I, really cool. I, I, I,
0: <laughs> they also like right now, like, as you know, covers are big, right? Yes. And, and they have, they have some really nice covers and they have a lot of store exclusive variants. So I think the speculator market is going to be after that book. So, yeah. So, so we've had those too. um, But yeah, like, I mean, I'm again, I'm here in Los Angeles, which is one of the, you know, the most densest populations of comic book shops, right? You know, you can in a 10 mile radius, you can maybe find 30 shops, um, which, which is just crazy and also great, but you can definitely see like how the shops that embrace indies are doing better. Um, and, and you can find that. And then you look at someone like, um, do you know, Jen King, uh, the retailer, uh, she does a lot. Of, you should know Jen King. She's she's great. Um, okay. She uh, she runs this shop called um, um, Space Collection Collection, uh, and she's one of the biggest uh, in terms of live sales. She does live sales, and she kills it in live sales. And okay. um, she was up for the Eisner Award last year for best shop. Uh, and really? does a lot of yeah. Does a lot of retailer outreach. Uh, Jen King You can find her on Twitter. I think she's Commander Jen. Um, right. And she's also on Facebook all the time. Like she, she has this network of shows called the comic book shopping network or now oh, it's called okay. the experience. Okay. Um, you know, the, have you ever seen the experience kind of line of shops? Uh, like there's like 30 shops at this point that are part of her broadcast network. Wow. Okay. Um, and like, they have regular slots where they get on and do um, live shows with calls. Um, so she's a good person to know. Um, you know, anyway, uh she, um, is so um, supportive of not just not not just like Scout, but people who have Kickstarter books, ah. and she will have like shows where it's just the indies, and by indies she means creators who have all self-published. Oh, and wow. awesome! You know, in the course of an hour, she'll sell through two hundred copies of different creators' books, and she gives them that platform. That's and, awesome! You know, and people love her for that. Um, so like you know, I, I just think like retailers who are thinking like that, who realize that there is a big world out there um, where there are books like White Ash that they can spotlight or you know other titles coming out from Scout, you know, they're going to find new people who are not being serviced by certain comic bookshops, yeah. by certain markets. And you know, and that's that is the the room for growth that I think is just gonna continue to go. And let's also be honest, it's so much more accessible to come into White Ash where you say, here's the trade. Oh wait, there's this glaring one shot. So it's two things people have to buy to get caught up on the series. And here's another one. And you know, you can either get these issues or in a year from now you can get the trade and you've got one, two, and this. Oh, and there's gonna be this glaring mirror. So it's, it's, it's sequential, it's easy to catch up on and you know, it's contained. And that's not to say I don't love the, the sprawling history of of spider-man or something right like that. There's, right. There's, you know there's something great there too but even something like um you know invincible right mm-hmm. you can catch up and read invincible in you know in, in a week because right. you can get all the volumes and you can just do it and you, it's one two three four five six, through ten or whatever
1: right or, and it was all or, in one continuity it wasn't yeah. okay this uh the, stan lee was writing this and then so and so came on and took it this way and then you know you're reading a panel that says see amazing spider-man annual three from 1907 you're like what i can't afford that like how am i gonna i mean no i i understand it's it's frustrating and for you know anybody out there that hasn't i mean uh strayed i I, said i guess you could say the word strayed from the big two i mean this is uh, the glaring and white ash and or, uh, specifically white ash. This is really one of the the series and one of the new universes you could really jump into and just feel comfortable. Like it's
0: not overwhelming by any yeah. means at all. You know, so. you know talking five years you know, maybe we can make it overwhelming for you if, uh, <laughs> if all goes well, but for right, right now, right now it's, it's a growing universe. That's the perfect time to jump in where you won't feel lost. But, but you know, again, even something like why the last man, you know, right. where there were, I don't know what, nine trades mm-hmm. or something. It's still just nine trades because you have that unified vision. And that's what you also have in Indies. You have the unified vision of one storyteller. Yes. And, and sometimes there's different artists because you just need to do that for production. Right. But, but you know, you're, you're, it's one person telling a story. And so, and, and that's where I think creator own comics really shine uh, because if you like that story, if you like those characters, that's what you're going to get for the whole series. Right. You know, you know, you're not going to get a new writer coming in with a different take. You're not going to get, you know, someone blowing everything up unless that was always part of the plan to blow everything up. And then right. it's going to feel consistent because it's the same person doing that. Right. Yeah. No,
1: I, I, I... You're, you're absolutely right about that, too. And I think that's something that's that's, something that's often overlooked when it comes to the comparison between, you know, jumping into indies and, you know, the, the big two. Because, like I said, you're, you're not going to hear, well, I I, I love uh, John Layman's Chew, but I hated so-and-so's Chew. No, it's all John Layman's Chew. Right. You know, like, it's... it's Sure, there's a Rob Guillory and there's a Dan Boltwood, but in the end, it's all still the same story, you know? And yeah. that's... A, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i glad you bring that up because I think it's, it really is often over, over often overlooked. So,
0: right. Cause like you, you, see like the new Batman, like there's a new writer coming in and how is it going to change yes. Batman? Right. Yes. Right. And, and, but like that's, that happens every year, every two mm-hmm. years. And, so and none of that's with planned. Like...
1: None of it's planned, you know, like it's, it's all, it's all just plan B every single new writer that comes on with the big two for the most part is a plan B, you know, uh, if, if, marvel could keep Donnie cates from getting burnt out after 35 issues of venom they would but you know they, they, they can't so they have to say okay now we're going to bring in the hulk guy to do this and then we're going to make the venom guy do the hulk stories and we're gonna we'll just see what happens and i mean even then like I, I, you watch social media and you see that these these other creators they're like yeah whatever happens to my character happens i mean it is what it is, and in the end, it's like, but the character's supposed to be one kind of way. Sure, you could develop them, but when you're erasing stuff that you've done, it makes it really confusing, and you're not going to get that happening in indies. It's just not a thing. I well, haven't... And
0: I, and I think, um, you know, when people talk about the, the great runs with, mm. you know, with big two titles, you know? Right. It's often, like, like when I was, was really heavy into comics, it was Claremont's run the X-Men. Right. right. But you have a singular vision for the X Men for over 15 years Mm -hmm. who is guiding it. And so it all felt like the same book. And when he left, you lost a lot of readers and you got new readers. But it was never, never felt like that again, that vibe. Like it was an era. The X Men never before felt like that, never did again. Right. I loved, um, you know, Peter David's run on The Incredible Hulk in the mid eighties to the late nineties, you know, he was on again for like 12, 12 years, 13 years as the voice of the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it defined that run. Um, and then, then you like, people come in, they blow it up and they do this, they do that. And you don't know what you're going to get and you'll like it for 12 issues. Maybe if you're lucky 30, and -hmm. then you have to decide if you want to keep following it, where when you pick up white ash, it's always going to feel like this universe. And yes. if you like it, please, you know, get get the spin-offs or whatever. It's all telling the same story. We're going together. You know, and the same thing again with say something like Saga. If you like saga, you're going to like all of it. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's that voice, it's that vision. There's a story that, that person's telling. Um, you know, by the horns, another book that Scout's putting out. Oh, like yeah, Marcus.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. Uh,
0: are they going to do a second arc after the issue? Oh, started? yeah, it's 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 officially been um, greenlit from scout to ongoing. Oh, hell yeah. So as long as they want to do it, they're going to do it together. That's awesome. You know, and, and so like it's it's that team. They're doing titles. There'll be at least 15 issues of that nice. as, you know, with that team. And it's the same vision going forward. So, you know, like I, I just think that's the like like you said it's the not talked about part about indie comics where they have an advantage over marvel and dc is that you have this unified voice this story that's always going to feel consistent and if you like it you're going to like it from beginning to end if you don't like it don't think about coming back because it's (laughs) never going to change
1: right yeah (laughs) that's i I like that too i mean the, the, the honesty is great because i mean there's, I've seen stuff marketed before, like, yeah, hey, you may not have liked this, this, but it gets better. It's like, no, it should have been good to begin with, or it should have been, you know, the, the thing that was going to grab me should have been there to grab me immediately. And I mean, no, I, I, I like that you guys keep that standard at scout too. I mean, it's um, I went on a, a, a big, um, I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody recently about uh, just the uh, I think it was JM actually. About how how Scouts, uh, I mean, just the, the the standards that you guys keep for storytelling and creators and the the, the types of stories that you guys allow and the, the, uh, it's it, it, it's hard. I, I can't think of any other publishers out there that have the the track record that Scout does as far as just making sure that everything that comes out is going to be quality and has all of the the opportunity to be the next big thing.
0: You well, know, it's I, like. I love hearing that uh, I, I hope more people feel that way. We're, we're definitely trying, you know, we, we, we've been with the um, increased notoriety, we've been getting a lot of submissions. You know, we, we probably get 20 to 30 submissions a week, honestly, wow. week. you know, wow. and, and so it's about trying to make sure we're choosing the best ones of those mm-hmm. that we're putting a slate out. That's not going to compete with it itself um and 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 then like the the thing i think scout struggling the most with right now is making sure we don't put out too much at once yeah you know because like you don't want to put too much out because there's only so much money to go around but you have all these great stories that you want to get out and you want to share with people so like the timing you know and making sure it's the right month to put the right things out Mm -hmm. um like november at scout is is really strong you've also aside from white ash there's a great book, one shot called Commander Rao, um, which is awesome. basically, um, you know, it's it's almost like, uh, think of John Wick as a woman and, you know, fighting instead of trying to save her dog, it's the woman she loves. But just like the whole book is like one epic battle scene going oh, yeah. through everyone. And it's, it's awesome. Um, we have this thing that's like a dirty Mark Trail called okay. Ranger Stranger, which is like one, like, it looks like one of those old Mark Trail things and like, Um, and it's just so dirty and, uh, hysterical and twisted. Um, so if you like that kind of humor, you're going to love this book and it's just so well done, you know, it's, it's not crude, it's just clever and smart. And, um, uh, yeah. So like, I, you know, I, I love our November slate, like I said, just some great books coming out and white ash, uh, you know, and so with, you know, a rich history of, um, you know, both going in the back into the past and then going forward. Uh, you know, we're we're looking to to bring in creators who will want to also be part of what we're doing for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, like like um one of my my favorite Bob um and Kevin uh, who oh, the yeah. Shark Pro oh like they are great guys. I I would love to do anything that they want to bring to Scout, That's and awesome. you know we we'd love that to be their home. You know. I'd also love them to get a huge overall deal someplace else that paid them millions of dollars because I always want creators to get the best, you know, whatever's the best for them. Right. Um, You know, like if if someone's offering you a better deal than what you get at scout, I, you know, I wish you the best um, because again, I want the absolute best for anyone who's working with us, but I also want our family to always know that they're welcome. And so like, you know, like trying to cultivate creators who do multiple books at scout. So when you think of scout branding, you're thinking of, you know, like, you know, it's the home of um, Metal Shark Bro, you know, it's the home of uh, White Ash, you know, it's the home of By the Horns, um, you know. The,
1: the recount, I mean, there's, yeah. there's just so yeah. many great books that, that are coming out from Scout. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love, I, I got my, uh, my, my Metal Shark Bro up yeah. on the- uh, I see <laughs> that, I see <laughs> that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like
0: that, that's a, I, I love that series. I think humor in comics- is so hard to do, like to do it well. Like, yes. you know, like there's plenty of people who write jokes into comics, but their book is one of the few, you know, like their writing is one of the few when I actually read it, I, I will laugh out loud occasionally. 100 am smiling through the whole thing. And I'm like, I, they got me again. Like, how, how do you do that? Like you, you guys, they are legitimately some of the funniest writers in comics that I, that I have read.
1: Oh, and it's not. I mean, it, it translates to talking to him. Like I've had him on the podcast multiple times, and I mean, I'm I, I have to catch my breath. I mean, i mean the, the the guys. Just they're 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 a lot of fun. I mean, they're, they're they're I love the fact that they have the the Ringo nomination this year for best mm-hmm. humor comic. Like that, yeah. I, I've I've been campaigning for these guys since the first Metal Shark bro, and to have the Island of Misfit Island of Misfit Bros nominated, that is. Oh man. So deserving. I, I love the fact that they're going to be at a DC book. Like they're, they're I, I don't see them. I, 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 I see no competition. <laughs> I don't see any competition like that, that DC book that they're up against their biggest competition. I never heard of it. And I'm me. I've heard of everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, I don't know, man. Metal shark, bro. That's, well, well, that's... Well, from your lips to the ears of the world. I, I hope you are right. Um, you know, like in terms of people who are deserving of accolades, those guys are because instead of not only are they talented, but they're super sweet, um, caring human beings who deserve everything.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So, I mean, that's congrats. Does Scout have any other Ringo nominations this year? Uh,
0: um, you know, I should be better at rattling them off the top of my head. Uh, I think the electric black was nominated for something in design. Yes. Um, I think possibly the Perhapenots was okay. nominated for something. I could be wrong. And um, Metal Shark Bro, there may be another, but those are the three that are just sort of sticking in yeah, my sure. brain for the moment. Now, 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 like in terms of books that should have been nominated this last year, I'll, I'll tell you, like I, I felt like Yasmin, which was a book that we put out, should have been nominated for an Eisner. Yeah. Um, like, I think that is an incredible book. Uh, Canopus is really like a tour de force by dave kiss who was nominated for an eisner for another one of his books
1: oh ah, okay um,
0: for for z2 um like he did this chasing the bird by charlie parker and right. that i think won the eisner for best design nice. of, a, of a book which he also did because he's like a one-man band. he's a cartoonist he writes he draws Jeez. and like in like that book which was um you know like have you ever saw gravity with sandra bullock um i, I i'm not I- I don't think well, I it, have it, actually. Okay. So like the quick pitch that I like to do for, for his book, this is imagine like this astronaut wakes up inside her suit on a planet, but with amnesia, doesn't know how she oh, got shit. there, who she is and she's in a space suit. And that's where the thing starts. You know, like how do you survive when you don't even know, like you wake up in outer space on a planet. Like Sounds amazing. What? What what a great opening, right? Right. Um, but like that's also a super indie book. Um, like the the style is a little bit more cartoony, but it's like a tour de force of like one man's vision, you know, one creator's vision because he drew everything, to the lettering, and it's a great great book. Um, you know, yeah, is an immigrant story, and it goes back and forth between um, this this woman's young woman's time in Afghanistan trying to escape from the Taliban, but also flashing pro, you know forward to when She's, um, you know, has come to America and trying to adjust now, but having flashes back. It's like, it's so good. Um, and yeah, you know, so like, I'm really glad that Bob and Kevin and, you know, anyone who's being nominated at Scout for Ringo's, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully going forward, we'll get more recognition for some of the good yes. books that we're doing. But I, I think just like the Oscars, just like the Emmys, there is so much of, you know, we look at Marvel first, DC first, and then uh-huh. Image and then like, so like the, the brand recognition of the company plays into the awards nominations yep. for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I, and it, it really does pain me to see that as well. Cause I mean, it's, it's pretty noticeable. I mean, it's pretty clear that they, they, they have an order of operations at which they, uh that they go through and nominate, but um, to, to, I mean, but it speaks volumes for, for what Scout has done in this last year, as far as getting recognition, because I mean seriously Charlie what 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 has happened with this company since you you you've come on and advanced and climbed up the ladder it's I mean everything from expanding the way you distribute I mean being the first beyond DC to lean over to lunar as well and expand that to do the direct everything I mean it's there there's nobody else out there and when you did it all it was the scariest times during the scariest times when people are saying, I don't know if we're going to do anything again. I said, well, we're going to do everything new right now. And because of that, that's, that's why I think, you know, the Ringo's are like, well, shit, Metal Shark, bro. Let's look into this. They open it up and they piss themselves reading it and they have no choice
0: yeah, but to nominate it. It's a great book. Yeah, no, I'm, I think we, we have a really good team here. Uh, James Hake, David Byrne. Uh, and, you know, we can bounce off each other ideas for new things to try. Um, and, you know, and, and sometimes the things will work, sometimes they won't work, but, you know, we're a company that's looking to try new things, looking to try, you know, new creators out. Um, we, we just want, you know, with our distribution strategy is always, let's be wherever the retailers are. You know, we want to give them as many opportunities to order our books as possible. Like if you want to get white ash through diamond, get it through diamond. If you want to get white ash through lunar, get it through lunar. If you want to get it through scout direct, get it through scout direct. If Penguin Random House wants to offer us a deal, we'll be on Penguin Random House too. Hmm. You know, whatever whatever the bundling that makes sense for you as a retailer, we want to make it easy for you to stock our books in the stores. And if you want to know what books are going to sell in your store, give me a call, or I'll call you. Like I call, do a lot, of, spend a lot of time just like calling retailers around the country to see how Scout books are selling, to see what's working in the store, what isn't, and if they want to know, like I can say, okay, we've got these books. If you have, you know, if horror works. In your store, look at our black caravan line. You know, if you're looking for humor, you know, look at this book. If you're looking, you know, like something that's more of a meaningful book, you know, something like Yasmin, you know, and we have other things coming in the pipeline. So, you know, depending on what store I'm talking to, you know, we try to pitch different books, but we're trying to be there. We're trying to be partners. We're trying to, you know, both with the fans to give the fans good content, but also with the retailers to give them different ways to get our books.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's it hasn't gone unnoticed. That's for sure. I mean, this is Scout has <laughs> catapulted. I mean, it, it skyrocketed into to, to people's uh, eyesight. I mean, just because of these these seemingly minor moves of saying, okay, well now we're just gonna, I mean, we're we're, we're gonna have more places. I guess it's not really minor moves, but they're, they're they're huge moves that everybody was too afraid to make is what it came down to, and. It, Yeah. I mean, it's paying off. I mean, it looks like it's paying off at least.
0: Yeah. I like, it's been the biggest year, you know, this has been the biggest year for scout last year was the biggest year for scout. We're we're constantly growing, which is really nice. Um, You know, and again, I think like the best thing about it is the company is filled with good people. Uh, and, and I think, you know, people like me who really desperately care about creators and about comics, you know, because we are creators because we come from that background, you know, I'm not coming from the background of being a VC person coming into comics, who's only looking to find the IP that I can flip, you know, Mm -hmm. the catalog or what, like that's, you know, like, that's not me. I'm, I'm a writer. Uh, You know, I come from the world of writing and I'm looking to tell stories and I want to find like-minded people who want to work together to also tell stories. So, you know, like that's, that's, that's the ethos of the company. When we talk about, you know, Scout. It's like, you know, we're looking for new paths, whether it's distribution or it's new talent or, you know, or, or, you know, to bring you, you know, like as a scout brings someone through, we're going to bring you to adventure. And I'd like to, the logo is the adventure starts here, but it's, it's about bringing people for helping you find the best stories yeah. we're helping you find the new creators. We're yeah, helping and- you come to white ash.
1: Uh, man i'm telling I, I i say it all the time i mean if, if people that i talked to if they haven't picked up white ash i mean this is really it's one of my top recommendations because it's yeah, it's not like anything else out there but it's it's like everything that people like reading if that makes sense uh it's 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 got everything man and it's a lot of fun and it's unique and it has i mean Dare I say speculative potential. I mean as scouts doing things in, in the, the 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 media market now outside of comics and if there were a universe to develop I feel like White Ash is pretty yeah. capable.
0: I in you know I I if I'm speaking to the speculator market, because I'm sure you have a couple of speculators who watch mm-hmm. the show, we do have a one in twenty-five J Lee line art only version of the first issue of White oh. Ash. Oh. Which uh is, is a good looking cover. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. You know? Yeah. Um, like I, I, I could see that becoming a hot cover. Cause I don't know how many of those will get ordered because you know, it's a scout book. How many people right. are ordering 25 copies to get the one in 25? How many retailers will have more than one? You know, you know like how many retailers will have one? Is and it, it?
1: And it's also Jay Lee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like there's that too. <laughs> right. I, like, you know, this could be a Jay Lee cover, with a print run of a thousand, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's not what you're getting when you see the dynamite J Lee cover, you know, it's not a 20,000 print run. This uh, I'll just be honest. I, I would, I would say at, at max, this will be a print run of somewhere between 1, 1, a thousand and 1500 for J Lee cover. There's going to be a line art only version of the cover that might be 300 oh. print run. So, yeah. you know, as, as, as books go that you want to speculate on, it's not a bad buy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm glad you bring that up too, because I'll, uh, uh, hmm, that's definitely something that I'll be talking about. Come pull this priorities when it's time <laughs> to pre-order. Um, no, I, I, I like that. I do. It's, uh, and it's people speculate on you know potential and the 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 cinematic universe and stuff like yeah. this, and I, I really do believe that once scouts, uh, I mean, cause I know, I know that they, they have the uh, electric black being developed into the first ever horror animated series. It's hard to believe it's the first ever.
0: Yeah. But. So yeah, we actually have a, a, a deal with, you know, again, speaking to your speculators, scout has a deal with the mosaic, which is one of the biggest agencies in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while we're about stories, we also want to find other ways to get our creators books out there. Yep. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we have weekly meetings trying to, bring properties to different people, Um, you know? And and so that's something that, yeah, you, you, hopefully, I mean, it's, it's a crazy time right now. Um, And I think, you know, speculators should know this, um, that in Hollywood, because of COVID um, people snatched up a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, studios. And so the studios are kind of backlogged right now. So there's a lot of things that are not being optioned right now that in a year from now, when some of that backlog clears, they're going to go back and look at. Mm
1: -hmm. So even
0: if it's not a scout book, like if you see something, wherever it is that you think is a good TV show and you haven't heard anything about it being optioned, if that's going to happen, it's likely going to happen in a year or two years from now, just because of um, how backlogged everything is. So, you know, I mean, like, again, it's a speculation game, right? You know, like that's, that's what they call it. But I think right now it shouldn't be about snatching up books that you hear a rumor about it, you know, maybe being turned into something. This is where you, as um, someone who knows the books need exactly. to think about what are the best books that eventually, these are great books. Someone's eventually going to make this. Those are the ones to be looking at right now, because yeah, I, know. I think you'll see in a year yeah. from now, those will start going.
1: I always say the best speculators are readers, you know, those are going to be the ones that know best, you know, people that just, oh, you know, I I don't know. There's the the way some people speculate boggles my mind. I I don't understand. But when it comes to these, I mean, they only go after Oh, they announced stray dogs is going to be a thing beforehand. So we got to pick this up. And now it's the big book. But there doesn't have to be an announcement for to be potential. It stuff gets picked up. Later on, and I like that you brought up. You know, you 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 you're proving my point here. Just because it's not picked up immediately doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I'll be damned if I live my life without seeing a Metal Shark Bro animated something happen. I mean, I I my life
0: it's it's going it's gotta happen. I I I think it will, and like I honestly I do I do think it will. But um, yeah, no, and and to your point, the things that are announced before they get picked up, how hot are those going to be? Because you know, ultimately. Anyone who's a speculator is going to see that announcement and pick the thing up and the market will be saturated with those. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have a week or two to flip it. And if that's what you want to do, but if you're looking for a long-term investment, if you're looking for something that's going to become the next thing that, you know, the first issue is worth 500, 1,000, 1,500, mm-hmm. you know, $2,000, whatever, those are the things that are going to have fan bases. Yep. Those are the things that are walking dead you know, walking dead number one, or like that whole series didn't become a collectible because it was announced. It was because it became a thing. It got turned into a thing because it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You know? Uh, I mean, like the same thing, like if, if um, saga ever got turned into something, right. It's, it's not like there isn't all the evidence in the world that it's a great show. I mean, like they would make a great show. Like, cause mm-hmm. if people read it, they love it. It has a huge fan base same thing with like something is killing the children. You know like right. that was not it shouldn't have been a surprise when they're announcing something's happening with it. Right? right. Cuz people loved it. And if mm-hmm. people love a book, someone's going to want to try it. So
1: yeah, no I uh, I'm glad you bring that up too cuz it's not just me saying all this now. It's somebody that actually has a position and you know, the, the, I don't know, a better eye on things because I mean well, you're 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 in, I mean you have a different outlook just because of yeah.
0: But, well, um, and, and, and I will also say like, you know, as much as I would love, you know, this new se- you know, season of, of White Ash to become the hot speculator book, I'd much rather it to become the beloved book oh, of yeah. a whole bunch of new readers. I mean, and so I think like from the publisher's perspective, you know, like you, you can put the covers out, you can do the things to, to entice some people and you're trying to make it fun. But ultimately it comes back to the content. And if you're a writer, you know, like that's all just window dressing. You want to create something that people love, you know, and then hopefully, you know, that's what I'm doing with White Ash. I'm creating a story, a universe that people are going to love for a long time. And, you know, we'll see where, you know, things go with it. Um, But, you know, you can speculate or not speculate on it, but read it. (laughs) No, <laughs> t- and like God, I said,
1: I that's... You, you'll be the best speculator in doing so as well. You can make your own decisions on whether or not you're going to go out and pick up ten more copies of White Ash Number Four: First Appearance of Glorion or not. Yeah. Uh, it's up to you. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you'll know more if you read it. Um, I, I know. I, I. I. I have really great uh, feelings about where the, the White Ash, uh, just everything, is going to go. I, I feel like this this first arc. It, it flew under the radar for a lot of shops. Cause like you said, I think it's a trade book and that's a different audience. And I mean, maybe it was just my shop. I felt like it flew under the radar, but um, even then it, it's,
0: uh, it's, it's hard. Like it's also like, um, you know, I learned some things also putting it out because yeah. I think um, the first big, really big reveal is at the end of issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And you know, if that had been at the end of issue one, maybe the book would have sold a little bit different, you know, and like when it was originally on Kickstarter, that's where it ended. And it it was like the first issue was a 52 page issue on Kickstarter, you know? So like it got that story, it got people hooked when we brought it to scout, it was a conversation about like, that's really big for an issue. Let's break it up into two. And so Mm -hmm. like creating, you know, finding an act break, adding some more pages, making the story work. And I think it works as it does right now. But in retrospect, would it have been stronger to open with an epic first page you know, issue and have a really strong hook? Maybe. Right. And so like, that's something that I, you know, in retrospect, I, I look back on and I was like, you know what? The new issue ends with a good hook. It's 44 mm-hmm. pages. We're not breaking that up. We're giving people 44 pages. We're going to make it an epic first issue. Something I mean, like, like you learn and you do things like that. But so I, I think, um, You know, like that was not necessarily like, again, this is just me talking as, you know, a creator learning the publishing side, learning things, maybe not the best choice. Um, I love the first cover to White Ash, number one, with a tree. That said, you know, it's a cover with a tree. And there's a lot of people who look at it and like, yeah, it's a pretty tree. But like, you know, like like the thought was when I was talking with Connor, I was like, hey, let's maybe do something really graphic and arty and interesting kind of like um, Gideon Falls, like Jeff Lemire is doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Versus having a sexy elf on the cover. Now in retrospect, would a sexy elf on the cover have maybe sold more issues? Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> you know, like, cause like the job of the cover is to get people to read the book. The job right. of the book is to get people to buy the next issue. Um, mm-hmm. And, 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 and so, you know, like, so it's, it's thinking about all these decisions. In retrospect, and again, I love that first cover, but maybe not the best choice for the direct market, right? Where people are going by and looking at covers and, you know, like, and, and they need something that's going to hook them in more than pretty. Uh, right. you know, like, so, like, so I, I think like, all of these things are important for creators to think about depending on where they're putting their book out. And I try to pass on you know, what I've learned. I, I try to you know, figure out going forward you know, what the best choices are. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why you know, we have the Jay Lee cover mm-hmm. for the second, you know, the second arc, because there are going to be people who are going to pick it up because of that cover. Hopefully they will read it and won't just put it in a you know titanium bag. They'll mm-hmm. read it and they're like, oh, wait, I actually want to get this series. So, you know, like that, those, those are the things that you think about going forward.
1: Yeah, no, those are. I'm glad you bring that up too. I mean, that's definitely something that you know, the aspiring creators that are listening to this need to know. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if I would have thought of that. You know, if I if you would have put the picture of the tree and the sexy elf in front of me, I probably would have said the tree too, not realizing that. So, I mean, it's. I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, words of wisdom. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: you need to think like, because it's your marketing. And honestly, like as a creator, and I'm speaking to the creators now who are trying to get into the direct market. You have to remember your audience is not the buyer. Your audience is the retailer. Because mm-hmm. if the retailer doesn't order your book, it's not going to be on the shelf for the people to buy. That's... and the Retailers that's... don't have time to read blurbs. They oh. don't. They go through the previews catalog and they're like, oh, I like this cover. I think I can sell it. I like huh. this cover. And that's the entire way. It doesn't matter how good your book is, how many preview copies you want to send out. Ultimately, whether the retailer orders it or not is entirely based 95% of the time, maybe 99% of the time on your cover. So if you, know, if you don't have that cover that's not selling it, You know, the retailers aren't going to buy it and then your you know the audience that you want to get it we're not your customers remember the retailers are your customers mm-hmm. won't have a chance to find it so
1: yeah, i like that no i mean once again that's so wise man i, I never really definitely good uh good good things to know i mean that jesus man i mean that that's the difference in you know a second printing is that cover yes. a lot of times yeah. it's 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 crazy to think it's just it's not always the best cover; it's the most appealing cover, you yeah. know, the, the the one that's going to sell the most. I don't yeah. know, man. It's I like that.
0: And, and, and what you want to do is you want to do both, right? Uh, yes, but that's what, that's what the variants for,
1: <laughs> right? Right.
0: Like, but but like, or or but even like the um the the new cover that Connor did for this new season of White Ash. It's a great cover. and you know, and it's got a little bit of sexy in it. It's got a little bit of horror, but it also says small town. Mm-hmm. It also says like it it says everything and it's a sellable cover you know so like like it's about finding those covers that work for you um and but you know you can go back behind you and you look at the board and a lot of those books that you have on that wall have great covers you yeah. know and that's 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 why you have them on that wall because you love the cover yeah right you know?
1: yeah. no it's it's absolutely i mean i i've created an entire room based off of cover appeal so yeah um <laughs> No, it's uh, i, I, I I never thought about uh, designing to to sell to the uh, to the retailer though that, that that never crossed my mind. It, 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 it brilliant stuff, man. I don't know. I was, I'm sure it's one hundred and one as a publisher, but at well, the same time, maybe even maybe even not. then
0: you, you gotta you gotta realize that you have to come around to it. depends it Depends on who you are, you know, what your yeah. audience is, what you're trying to sell to. But ultimately, it's like who buys, you know, who buys books from Scout. You know, we we have. our our online website, but a huge percentage of the books that are bought from us are bought by retailers. right. Mm -hmm. So that they can then turn around and try to sell. They want a sellable cover. So we need to create covers that the retailers will buy.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Charlie, this is, this has been a lot of fun, man. It's been so awesome catching up with you. um, Well, well, it's been, it's
0: been so long. So I'm I'm glad we were able to, you know, get some FaceTime.
1: Oh yes. No, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't. I should, probably should have said this in the beginning, but congratulations on everything, man. You, you you really everything that you've done in the time that we've talked. It's just it's been so fun to just watch you excel in this industry in so many levels. Not just as a creator, but I mean, I, I look at you in a creator outside of just making comics. You're you're creating things within this industry as well. Like you you are breaking ground. You're doing things that people have been afraid to do for 25 years and it's it, it's it's refreshing to see and since then i've seen so many other companies make moves that aren't lateral i'm so tired of seeing lateral moves in this industry um and it's i don't know you you're you really are setting the pace and creating helping to create something just so much bigger in the world of indie comics so the congratulations and thank you because it's it's been an amazing
0: year and a half to watch. Oh well, well, thank you. Like I said, you know, I'm just a small part of the scout team trying to you know build something great. And yeah. you guys uh, you know. are killing it, man. Thank you.
1: Um, uh, now, White Ash Volume Two. Now, is this going to be labeled as Issue Seven or Volume? No, no. Two, this is one? it's
0: it's Season Two, Number One. Okay, all so right. It, it will have the number one on the cover because gotcha. uh, we are trying to you know. Will there be some legacy numbering? Maybe. But cool. we're trying to um, you know, bring in new people because it is a starting point for new right people coming to the series.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna be talking about it on polis priorities until I'm blue in the it. face, man. And this is uh this is a book that I've been championing since the beginning. I love hearing that the the trade is selling like crazy. It it, it makes me well. so happy to hear that because it's this is the book that everybody needs to no, needs to experience, you. and it really is an experience too. Because I went into this going, I'm not sure how much I'm gonna like this because I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings and fuck a love story. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> man, <laughs> I mean, this is it's so much more than that. And I, I don't know. I'm immediately drawn to these characters. I'm invested in them. I think Glarian is the the badass of the Scout universe. Uh, I, I really do. I think she is. Like I said, like the Spider-Man esque type of face that uh, eventually okay. Scout will be. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just a matter of time before the the the, the you guys have your your classic IP characters. Thank you. And Glarian is going to be right up in there in the Mount Rushmore of Scout characters. I know it. I I, I, think. I like Alec. I love Alec. But Glarian, <laughs> man, like yeah. she's. She's the one for me. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it, well, it's, like,
0: like I said, you're going to love this. You're going to love this Glaring miniseries. Nice. And uh, it's, it's beautifully drawn. Uh, Romano Morinelli is doing it, who did the first story in um, the, uh, the Glaring one shot. Mm-hmm. And she's actually doing a book for uh, Ginny Palmati right now. Oh, nice! And she's doing a, like, a, the new Painkiller uh, Pain Jane book oh, that's nice. coming out. Yeah, she, she, she's great. So working with her is amazing.
1: Oh man, look at you expanding your arsenal as well. Just amazing artists and creators. I love it, man. Um, really, Charlie, it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure catching up with you. I can't wait to 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 chat more. I know yeah. that there, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be chatting about for sure. for sure. You have me excited talking in the green room about some things. So
0: yeah, and, oh you know, man, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all the things that you're going to do going uh,
1: forward. I, so I I appreciate that. And honestly, a lot of it. I do give credit to how supportive Scout has been. Scout was really—I mean, you guys reached out and you gave me that that promo code. That made it made me feel legitimate. It made me think, well, I could do this, man. I could take this to another level, and I'm I'm going to. And good uh, for uh, yeah. No, it's 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 very inspiring watching uh, just being supported by somebody that it really is. Is awesome as scout comics and you charlie it's uh i mean oh, you wow. yourself it's it's uh man and like you you were saying it's it's one big family and watching all of this kind of different branches of the family grow in different ways and how it's it's it's, it's exhilarating man it is so ah uh. Um, well, I will, uh, I'm going to let you get back to it. I know that you're a very busy
0: man. You have a, you have a, a company to run and comics I, to create, crazy craziness so. going on over here with my kids and other things. Too. <laughs> so I, 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 I will see you later. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful afternoon.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I will now that's for damn sure. Thank okay. you again. Sure. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, Charlie. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Cheers. I'd like to remind you about a book that I've spoken highly of uh, in the past on this show before, and that's Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Uh, Kayla Palmquist has been on the show a couple of times now. And, um, my my little seven-year-old, my seven-year-old girl, she is a massive fan of Unicorn Vampire Hunter, and guess what? Well, I'm sure you could guess. It's back. It's back on Kickstarter, so if you go on over to UnicornVampireHunter.com, and, uh, you're gonna wanna back this book, people, whether you have kids or not. (laughs) It's it's just a fun story, and, you know, I uh, normally would have Caleb on to talk about it, but you know, I'm scheduling stuff happened, and I wasn't gonna not uh, have this this book be spouted about from the rooftops. So, uh, yeah, metaphorically speaking, of course. So head on over to UnicornVampireHunter.com and uh, find out what it's all about, man. Um, it's 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 all in the title. It's a thing of beauty, and uh, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just it's one of those books that. I, I can't not recommend, and especially if you've got youngsters. Mine, mine, she's addicted. She's addicted. So once again, head on over to UnicornVampireHunter.com and get you uh, get you some of this Caleb Palmquist goodness. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. Now I'm
0: JVD. We're your host of the fictional battle podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the villains of Demand.
1: If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast
0: for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on the Buildsman.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
1: Charlie Stickney consider cornered. I I enjoyed this conversation thoroughly and like I kind of stated there towards the end um at like an hour and a half damn near. Just talking about one book you know, and the, the 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 last few days of success. So I, I highly, highly suggest you get White Ash on your poll list immediately. Um, I really hope that you listen to that poll list priorities. <laughs> and uh I know my little uh my little yeah. two year old's super excited about it, huh baby. So I will uh Yes, I will be talking to you the next time there's things about comics to talk about. Remember to check out shopcheerstocomics.com as well as cheerstocomics.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I command you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers, fellas. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of the Apotalypse. And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apotalypse. What is the Apotalypse? The Apocalypse is a... Uh culmination of the gnarliest podcast independent podcast the internet has to offer so instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous podcast recommendations please just think the apocalypse man and it's ironic because the apocalypse is only the beginning it's only the beginning just go to podchaser.com it's it's in the top list the top list in the whole world so whether you're looking for true crime sports uh role-playing uh i don't know anything anything think of a podcast it's on the apocalypse it's like the apocalypse with a d Hmm. and do not forget to follow the apocalypse on twitter as well once again that is the apocalypse if you're looking for a podcast recommendation the apocalypse is sure to have something for you good morning brian wayne here to tell you about my new podcast the Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily, dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone. So come laugh at uh, our pain together. Every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. Check out The Real Brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.